TAP episode number 25 with Vince Devon and Jade Robinson. You guys ready? Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Think Alpha Project. And of course, I'm your host, Valentine Ewudo. Once again, I appreciate you guys coming here week after week, getting a nice dose of stories, uh, real stories, you know, stories of people getting through things, succeeding, healing, and becoming better people. So this episode this week, I bring to you two people. And these people are the names of Vince Devon and Jade Robinson. Now, in this episode, we discuss the power of community, the influence of family, and the importance of finding a positive environment in order to succeed. Vince is a CEO of .us, or .us, which is an acronym with many different meanings, including universal subculture and even usual suspects. And he's going to talk about that more in the episode. Jade, though, also works alongside Vince at what is known as the world's first social experience company. And not only are they building something meaningful, what I love is that they're also both in school and and they've been taking the same classes as well. But in this episode, we talk really about learning from failures and finding the right kind of support for whatever you are aiming to accomplish, because depending on what it is, it may not come from your own family. And then there's a quote that you hear inside this episode, which we'll delve more into, and that's to heal, you need to reveal. All right, so without further ado, I bring to you guys, entrepreneurs, Vince Devon and Jade Robinson. All right, guys, we're back for another one. Think Alpha Project, and we're with our folks, good old people. We've got Vince, Mm -hmm. and then we've got Jade. Hi. Hi. It's okay. Don't be nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. No, but I appreciate because you guys drove all the way here. You guys took a trip to get here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want you to know that it's appreciated. You know, like this is definitely something that is is meant to make an impact for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so to know that you guys are willing to do something like that, like that, that's I, that's a huge honor for me. So thank you guys. Thank you for that. Um, let's get right into it. I mean, we got some some real shit. To talk, <laughs> to, to talk about, right? Yeah. So, okay, I want to know first off, so that the listeners know, what is it that you got going on? I know you have a business. Mm. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, so, I'm a CEO of a company. It's called Us. Uh, it's an acronym. It stands for a lot of different things. Um, one of them being, you know, United Shades, uh, people from different ethnicities, from different places. Um, it also stands for, well, a lot of us are concerned about collectively universal subculture, right. um, things that impact us, that influence us. And also, you know, the main thing I think for me as a black man in, in this country trying to start a company, usual suspects, that's what the world kind of sees me as. That's yeah. what I'm profiled as out here on the street, regardless of people's first interaction with me. When they see me, that's kind of what I get labeled as, whether that's through stereotype or any other kind of means. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. what I'm trying to do with my company is bring people together and unite them underneath one symbol, one mission. Um, our collective, I guess, mission as a group 
you know, we're made up of students, creative and entrepreneurs, but what we want to do is amplify creativity to connect and unify humanity. Oh. Uh, right now we're doing that through different means. Uh, we've decided to kind of go in the roots of creating lifestyle products. We're first going to start with clothing. The easiest thing I think for people to express themselves with that we have available to us. Um, we want to do it with a purpose. So that's one thing that we're putting a lot of energy and time into, but we also want to do media. We want to do content that we call counter content that kind of goes against the norms of what already exists out here. Um, that can kind of charge people up and give them something to look at that they can walk away with a deeper meaning. Mm -hmm. And that could be from somebody that they know or that somebody they already look up to. Right. Um, that's our ultimate goal with doing that kind of media. But also we want to provide experiences, events with a purpose. Um, everything that we're trying to do is related to some kind of social entrepreneurship venture. So anything that we make money from, we want to kind of give it back to those people who represent what us is about. Right. People that want to make change, it's create so history. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, man. Um, what now? You you mentioned that you're in school. You just yeah. kind of mentioned that what you talked about. So I know you guys are. Wait, so are y'all like the same majors, the same class? Um, we met actually two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, so we met two years years ago in um our it was social contemporary mm. issues in a black on our black studies class. I'm a black studies major. I believe you're a black studies major, right? Yeah. Um. So we kind of we actually have. <laughs> you don't know his major. You know, <laughs> I mean, because he's, he's more like in, in the business side. But um, we met yes. in that class. We had a project together in that class. We actually, our teacher had us go around to two different um, cities and kind of just analyze the differences in between those cities. And it was really interesting. Mm. If you know anybody watching or if you know San Diego, there's San Diego is like made up of a whole bunch of different cities. A lot of people don't realize that. Like different like neighborhoods or yeah, yeah uh, different well, neighborhoods but they have their own cities. environments too yeah. so it's like very completely different vibe. completely, mm -hmm. completely different. different like it's crazy mm -hmm. so we did that and it was it was really interesting to see the differences from like literally like you're just driving 15 minutes to a different city right so we kind of did that we drove around for like two hours so mm -hmm. we kind of got yeah, to know right. each other mm -hmm. more um and then after that we kind of just became friends because we have the same uh group of friends um I believe we're all like creatives and stuff like that. Mm. So we just started hanging out a lot. Got it. We just became friends. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now you guys have been working together on this. So you're working with, are you working with him on, you guys are working together on this project? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. This is great. This is great. So let's go into, because for this, for this project, this podcast, the point of this is to instill in people um, practical advice mm -hmm. and provoke their thinking. Mm -hmm. Stimulate their thinking, right. um, and do it, you know, in ways through through, through stories, through what you're currently going through, what mm -hmm. you guys are going through, what's going on. Yeah. Um, and I admire you for your work. I mean, we talked a little bit before, mm -hmm. and you've you've gone from something where like you create a business because how 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 long has that business been? Like, how long have you been working on the business before uh, you actually like went? I'm going to launch it. I I knew I wanted to launch it back. In 2011, I really knew that this is what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I was just trying to find, as a young man at that point in time, I was just turning 19. I was trying to figure out how I could make it a reality because I knew it was a good idea. I wanted to impact people, but I didn't know the basic steps to make it happen. So a lot of that time I had to do personal research. At that time, I lived in Atlanta and going to school out there. I went to Morris College and I was going there. So I was trying to figure out how can I make this work in Morehouse? Would this be the best place? an environment to launch it. So I had to have an internal battle with myself about whether or not I should stay at Morehouse 
to do it there, which is a great place. There's amazing people that are there mm. um, where you can find partners to do important initiatives <laughs> with. Yeah. But I also look at the possibility of coming back to California where opportunity is rampant for a lot of different things, for a lot of different kind of companies that want to innovate and change and impact the world mm. because California influences the world. You know, it's a country within a country. So, yeah, so I pretty much had to go through that internal battle, but also learn a lot, you know, how to pretty much build a business plan, how to structure, you know, uh, a statement trying to get investment, how to find people, appropriate people to partner with, you know, with good hearts and vigor that could match my own. Um, so that was a big internal process. So 2013, I decided to leave Morehouse permanently come out to California. And that's when I guess the process really started for me trying to find people to work with and also to find, I guess, the the true purpose of what I was trying to do. Because it was an idea that I initially saw that could change my life, make make an impact, mm -hmm. benefit my family, but then it grew into a lot more than that. Um, so that's been the journey that I've been on. Got it, got it, got it, got it. And you've been, so you've been putting that, it's literally from, you went from nothing mm -hmm. to creating something. Like yeah. out of thinner. Mm -hmm. um, and you launched when? When did you say you launched? I February? officially launched February 3rd of this year. Okay. Congratulations, yeah, man. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah so, so you've launched in February. But what people don't understand yeah. is, you know, you know, we have Instagram. This is like social media culture right now, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's more important to show something. Oh, my God. I was just talking about this right now. <laughs> right. It's more important to show something mm -hmm. than... To really be about it, right? Oh. So I'd rather go broke trying to buy a nice car, yes. so I can look a certain way, yeah. than doing what it takes to actually be what that mm -hmm. looks like. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, you've got, you've been in the trenches, like mm -hmm. you've been able to figure something out, like really get over. It. And I know there's a lot of hurdles. You know, I know because I've launched something. Right. You know, so I'd, I'd like for you to, to to or to share what are the things that especially the failures, like some of the failures and decisions you made or the failures that that created um, some success that you didn't know would, would but, mm. you know, what 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 are some experiences? It doesn't have to be failures, actually. Yeah. So not just failures, but experiences, mm. decisions you made to lead you to where you are now launching it. Yeah, well, I don't have a problem, you know, embracing my failures. Failures for me are learning experiences. Yeah. You know, I feel like you, you win or you learn. You really don't fail. You fail when you stop, when you give up doing anything. Um, and I failed a lot, you know, but I've learned so much for each time that I failed. It, it gave me more determination to go forward and do things. Um, shoot, when I first came back to California, I pretty much failed from the perspective of not really knowing that I had a community already there mm. that I could tap myself into. The minute I graduated high school, I went to Atlanta and had my young adulthood there. So when I came out of San Diego, I was like, there's nothing here for me. Mm -hmm. I literally got depressed leaving the environment that I was in because it was wow. so positive. It was so impactful. I saw people that looked like myself for the first time excelling on every single social ladder and social level. I built a network out there that I was pretty much discarding and leaving alone. So I didn't think I had the tools in the city I grew up in pretty much to you know, activate, you know, my possibility. Yeah. And I got it all there. You know, it was one of the things that I was blessed with, you know, in the struggle of trying to find that, you know, because the first thing I did was talk to people about what I wanted to do. My professors, anybody that looked like me, anybody that seemed to have some kind of inclination or that was doing something positive. 
And that was a process that went on for two and a half years. Um, then I was lucky enough, I found somebody on our campus where I met Jade. Um, his name is Jeffrey McKinney. And when I met Jeff, he was the president or one of the co-presidents of the Black Student Union on campus oh, at wow. the time. So when I met him and I told him what I wanted to do, he's like, oh, I, I got somebody that I want you to meet. It was his good friend, uh, Ronnie. His name is Ronald Williams, um, who's a CEO as well, back in our city um, with his company called Express. And, you know, meeting Ronnie kind of changed everything because it opened up the floodgates to all of the young people like myself who were trying to do positive things, whether they had nonprofits, their own businesses, they were doing freelance work that was either along the lines of creativity, expression, impact within those specific fields. So that pretty much gave me life and let me know I can succeed and I can make an impact here in this city. I don't even have to go up the coast to do that, you know, up to L.A. or up to San Francisco, places where I used to live at, you know, and didn't really have roots established anymore. So me not giving up in that search and staying very uh, focused towards that was one of the benefits of me, I guess, learning from my failure. You know, all it meant is I just didn't talk to the right person or I need to stop looking in this kind of environment. Maybe I need to transition my energy and put it over here. Um, another thing that I had to do was talk to a lot of different professors as well. I didn't know anything about the community college system. You know, when I got to California, San Diego, my eyes were always on going to Morehouse since eighth grade. So when I came back here, I was blessed enough to be dropped into the best community college system in the country, you know, not even knowing that. So the, the teachers that we had were, were top notch. And a lot of our professors within the black studies programs, you know, after I met Jeff, I kind of just immersed myself in black studies. Okay. The teachers that we have are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. They're on par with professors I had at Morehouse. Right. Unbelievable. <clears throat> Never would have thought. Um, and a lot of things that they do and that they're attached to after I kind of built enough trust and, and proved to them that I was serious about what I was doing, they opened up doors for me that I couldn't believe to be a part of nonprofits you know, funded and started by Stedman Graham, you know, who's connected to Oprah, to being led and introduced to different people's families in San Diego, like the Morrow family. Um, and pretty much the Morrow family, uh, Cheryl and Willie Morrow. Willie Morrow was a gentleman who created the terminology used with products, you know, that our people use all the time, activator, moisturizer. And he's from San Diego, grew up there, born and bred and raised. So meeting people like that, getting to interact with them, um, being able to talk about what I wanted to do, getting advice, then also getting um, assistance and certain type of things that I want to do from those kind of people. You know, if I if I never stopped believing in what I wanted to do and knew the purpose and the meaning behind it, you know, I would have gave up. I would have failed at that point in time. But all I did was learn from that consistently. Um, other failures, speaking to family, trying to get support from family, probably the main thing. I think uh, a lot of uh, black people, African people deal with you know, with some of the pursuits, mm -hmm. just because of the structure of how we grew up in this country. A lot of us, we don't get the kind of support that other family groups do. Um, dealing with that kind of reality definitely was disheartening, but at the same time, it I was lucky enough to get pointed in the right direction. Because if I can get across to my, my father yeah. or my mother, I would transition to their friends, you know? Absolutely, I was absolutely. Desperate, you know, <laughs> in a good way. But talking with some of them, helped me see the worth in my idea. I think a lot of people want support from their family, you know, especially mm -hmm. the people that raise them, that nurture them, that give them the initial, I guess, rules to the game that we call life. Mm -hmm. So when you don't get that, some people will sacrifice a lot for it. I'm yeah. that kind of person. I need it. 
right. you know, or I can't have vigor or purpose in what I'm doing because I don't really do things for myself. I do things for other people. Oh, that's awesome. You know, mm-hmm. at all times, because if, if, if I'm doing it, someone's going to see me do it, mm-hmm. you know, or learn about it because that's how connected we are in the world. You know, so that's what I always want to try to get across with mm-hmm. the things that I'm doing. Yeah, I was uh, when you you talked about like support from family. That's so crazy. Mm. It's because I always I always say this is family is the probably one of the <laughs> one of the worst people you could share. Uh, mm. If it's non if it's like non traditional, if yeah. it's a non traditional idea, yeah, yeah, definitely. Family right away is one of the ugh, mm. worst people you could probably share things with because in their interest in keeping you safe. Mm. Cause that yeah. that's what I, I I truly believe that your family like my aka my mom dad you know if I have older siblings yeah they they give you advice say things because of, through their lens but to mm-hmm. keep you safe yeah mm-hmm. that's so, so cool. whatever they say though it's like they they just don't want you to get I always say that they don't want you to get gypped or they don't want you to get mm-hmm. um, bamboozled into something yeah. or they don't want they don't they don't see the end of that road and mm-hmm. they're not going to. Um, so they they would rather you go through a traditional routes, right. and that happened to me. That happened to me um, a, a couple times. You know, mm-hmm. I was just so you know, I was on my way to my path was med school. Mm-hmm. Um, as you guys, if you guys know Nigerians, it's like if you ain't a doctor or a lawyer or right. engineer, what like, are you doing? You ain't you doing nothing. What are you doing with your life? Yeah. You ain't doing nothing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so. Um, I, I did nursing school, became a nurse, you know, I was the, you know, I was like, okay, that's great. And, but as I went in and I, I found something for myself and that's what started with Herbalife. So mm. I, I did that for a while, um, continued to do that. But it was, it was when I said, I'm going to make my way and make business my career. Mm-hmm. That's when I started to realize, oh, family, no. they love you, but man. Yeah. It ain't. It's not the best idea to tell them. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I had to, I had to get to the point where I was making enough money to pay like my parents' bills um, at times. Like mm-hmm. I, I had to cover my dad's for stuff and yeah. my mom as well. It got to that point for them to go. Oh, I just want you to be happy. You know, I just I mean, here's the accent. I just want you to be happy. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's um, it's definitely oh. an interesting thing. And my my younger brother goes through that to this day all the mm. time. Like he he goes through the fam- family has no idea what he's doing. So they try to describe. It. I'm like, bro, you gotta you might have to get better at trying to at least tell people like. Have your have mom practice mm-hmm. saying describing what you do because even if you ask me or I'm like a uh, brand something I know he's going through it and doing mm-hmm. his thing but mm-hmm. it's because we don't get it yeah. and I, I only I only understand and support him because I'm in business yeah mm-hmm. you understand yeah mm-hmm. so I get it yeah. I'm doing something I truly want to do mm-hmm. so I, I understand where he's coming from mm-hmm. so yeah I wanted to, to definitely touch on that. But just mm-hmm. to ask, just to ask, I know we were all talking about mm-hmm. Jay with you. Um, I wanted to know because you were you say some dropping some knowledge. I was like, <laughs> no, wait, you're getting an episode and recording yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to know what just to, for you to expand on what you were mm-hmm. sharing earlier. 
So I was talking about my part um, in us, right? And yeah. so initially, actually Vince, when we first met, he told me about the idea. I still remember. <laughs> he sent me this, this 30-page yeah. blueprint. He's like, here, read this. I was like, okay. Pretty much my, my psychological yeah. analysis test. Like, yeah. without me, he takes and my ideas seriously. <laughs> and, you know, I always like to say that um, every year, I feel like every, as time goes by, we're different people, right? So I Absolutely. was like a different person back oh, then. Yeah. I, I, would, I had... You know, yeah, I just started yeah. college, you know, um, I was just like, okay, what is this? So I'm like reading it. And also it's like, you kind of still have that perspective of like your family where it's very filtered that you just, you're, you have that, you're so safe in your thinking, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like reading it and he had asked me to be a part of it. I don't think as a, I'm a wordsmith, so I do a lot of the content. I don't think as a wordsmith, but he wanted me to do something like that. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of, we lost con, uh, con we, we lost contact with each other. Yeah. And then wait, um, but you guys go to the same school. He was he was gone doing stuff for like a year, like yeah. literally. Yeah, mm -hmm. he stopped family going to school. stuff. And yeah, that's what you were mentioning earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he he literally left like almost a year. I never saw him around. Like he was he was going to class with me, mm -hmm. and then I stopped seeing him. So we lost contact and stuff like that. And then it was actually this past summer, around the summer when school started last semester, he asked me again. He's like, "Do you want to be part of it?" I was like yeah why not like you know not knowing what i'm getting into you know just all this hard work so i looked over the blueprint again and just what i was talking about earlier my part in it what i wanted to do with it was kind of show the afrocentric perspective right that we don't have as a people in this society living in this country so this country is very everybody thinks very eurocentric like you were saying about social media right it's like Everybody want it's like you like the thing about Instagram is you choose what to show people. Exactly. And, yeah, you choose what to show right. people, and part exactly. of in me, I I don't like that because yeah. people don't see your whole journey. It's like you're not even a whole person, right? So it's just like having that perspective, and then like we we value things over people, and it's just like just having that perspective. I don't like that, and as a Black Studies major. It's all about like black studies. When people ask me why I'm a black studies major. I'm like because it's helped me become a better person. It's helping me navigate my life, right? right. And it's like I want to take that knowledge and that perspective and take it out of the classroom and put it towards this business and uh, put it towards something that people are actually going to watch, like you know this podcast or um, uh, what else? This podcast. Hmm. Mm. I lost my thought right now. That's okay. Yeah, it's chill. I can't think right now. Okay, this podcast and things like this business and the uh. clothing brand, you know, things that are kind of like in culture that people think that is cool and like make it the cool thing to do. Because like I said, you have to, the knowledge that we're getting, you have to go to a classroom. And not everybody, I guess, has that privilege. I mean, everybody has a phone nowadays, I know for yeah. sure. Um, exactly. But not everybody has that privilege to go to school for whatever reason that may be. Right. So I really wanted to do that um, just because my experience with Black Studies has been transforming. And I think that we all need that in our lives to mm. just be transformative, you know? And I don't think, I think we as people get comfortable um, being where we're at in our thinking and our perspective. And also it was like, for me as a black studies major too, like I want us to heal as people. And if I could do that oh. some way through a clothing brand, I mean, that's cool. It's like you're wearing it and you're living it. Okay, like that's right. cool, yeah. you know? Right. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of just hmm. my role in in this whole business. And okay, I'm gonna ask you questions based on something you mentioned because mm-hmm. that's that was that was really profound. You said um, you want you want people to heal. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's really noble that you're doing this, and and that's that's why what we're, our missions here are aligned because mm-hmm. this is this is designed to help people, you know, reflect and heal mm-hmm. as well. Um, what what would you say is um, are any recent ways you've healed recently? Oh wow, recently. I'm asking you the same thing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, recently, <laughs> recently. Okay, so and it's crazy because this. I say recently because yeah, yeah no, it's important. And, and this year mm-hmm. had been a very healing time for me. So I'm glad you asked me that question. Uh, recently, revealing. Um, my our professor, Miss Lewis, Starla Lewis, love her. Um, she one of her models is to heal. You need to reveal, right? Revealing is healing, yeah. and. I think for myself, like growing up, it's always been hard for me to even to reveal to myself certain things. And I think, and it's like, you don't necessarily have to reveal to the whole world or to everybody else, but I think as long as you know it, it's like, you're good. You know, you're, you're ready to, you're ready and at the part to, at the beginning to mm-hmm. start the healing process. Um, for me, I'm a writer, I do poetry. Um, that's another thing that we're like really involved with. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, I just, I was just telling him, I looked at, I had this old journal from middle school through high school. And I realized like how angry I was through that time. I was 13 years old. I'm writing poetry, right? I thought I started writing poetry like three years ago because that's when I really started writing poetry. But I started writing poetry when I was 13. You were angry. Yeah, well, I was like, angry. Well, like, I was I was angry about a lot of different things. Okay, that's okay. another topic. Yeah, but, right, right, right. Um, I was angry about a lot of different things. I read this poem to actually our professor, Miss Mayasa, right? And I was reading to like two of my friends and they were like, wow. They're like, that was deep. <laughs> They're like, dude, I can relate to that now. And I was like, dude, and I was like, dude, I was 13, like writing this. Like, but and I was telling him too, I was like, this diary, right, is even more raw than my poetry now, because it was meant, it was not meant for anybody else to read but myself. Something about that was just, it's just so raw and authentic. And from that, I was like, man, I need to share this with other people because there's other people hurting like this, right? right? Hmm. So recently I've been actually journaling before I just do like more poetry stuff, just writing poems. But now I'm like just writing my thoughts like straight out and like starting to just just share my story because it's like, I feel like that's what our whole life is about sharing our own stories because everybody, somebody's going through the same thing, right? And it's like Mm -hmm. even sharing our stories for other people, but it's like sharing our stories for ourselves. Because it's like we need to release that pain because it's like I've had all that stuff, you know, stuff in me. Like literally, like I could not even say that I, I've been dealing with depression until like this year, like straight up. And as, it's like that's crazy. I couldn't even say the word like, oh, this is like I couldn't uh, give it a face. Right. And that's what I've been dealing with struggling my whole life. And it's like there's people out there doing that, too. Right. Like, wow, like that's mm-hmm. some deep stuff, you know? So it's just like revealing to my own self, mm-hmm. like 
that's hard though. That's some hard work. Yeah. Because a actually lot actually admitting that this is admitting this is right? something that is yeah has exactly. hurt me and in in this way exactly yeah absolutely it's, and it's the first step and it's it's hard but I think that's that's the one thing we really need to start doing as a collective and as a people to like. Start once we like deal with our own stuff, then we can deal with the bigger problem. That's mm-hmm. what I always say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. That's good. Yeah. It's revealing, admitting, admitting that you have an issue is the first problem. step. Yeah. Admitting that you have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first step to solve I the problem. I know, right? Oh, right. That's yeah. So that's that's really really key. And you're right. I think that a lot of, uh, I think especially in the black community, mm-hmm. um, you hear. When when we talk about black community, you hear words like anger, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the the a picture that just popped up in my mind was was Killmonger in Black Panther, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. like that, like his added his rage, his, mm-hmm. like you. That's become it, it, and even for folks who aren't black, that's kind of like one of the associations of the black community, like mm-hmm. it's associated with anger and rage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that that all that is is um, un. It's unaddressed hurt. Exactly. It's just hurt that anybody mm-hmm. can go through. But there's hurt that happens to you specifically. Mm-hmm. But then there's some hurt that might come from a collective. It, it's a collective hurt, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a whole nother conversation. No. But the Let point, I guess, of what I'm trying to make <laughs> is that yeah, usually things like that happen yeah. because. Mm-hmm. There's not enough of a revealing, is like you said, of the matter itself. Like mm-hmm. calling it what it is. This is what it is. This yeah. is how I really feel. That vulnerability, and then it's like, okay, what do I do from here? Mm-hmm. You know. So kudos to you for that. Yeah. yeah. But also the thing is too with the black community as well, because there's layers to this shit, right? Yeah. The black community as well. Um, there's not an address address of mental health. Let's just. Say oh that. no! You, so therapy? Right. No. You doing yeah. therapy? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like what yeah. happens when my father my own father is telling me oh there's nothing wrong with you you know because my dad has told me that there's nothing wrong with you right and it's like when that's not even being addressed by our own community our own family it's like that's like i said there's another layer there's layers to that with yeah, different it's communities. A cultural cultural it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah cultural and it's not only our too. it's not only our culture there's a lot of culture it's even worse sometimes yeah so, absolutely but yeah I want to absolutely that. yeah yeah Wow, this is great. This is great. So yeah, my man. So what about you? Like, what, what, in what ways have you healed most recently? Ah, uh, most or improved recently, yourself. Yeah, definitely just having conversations with people mm. that needed to happen. Whether it be, whether it be an ex that you know you've always had a connection with or didn't connect with them appropriately due to being away from them long distance and just having the conversation that you always should have had with them, whether it be with my father, um, who's named, I'm named after, and have been, I guess, the fourth Vincent to come along, um, and, and being very privy to a lot of the things that Vincents before me have done. They've been very successful, but somehow they neglected their family. They, they okay. neglected their tree. And me seeing how my father's actually affected me and my brothers, and knowing that I'm kind of on a path to potentially be looked at as becoming successful like he was in a certain regard and dealing with that hurt and trying to talk to him about the, his flaws, unfortunately, due to his parenting so that I can make sure that I don't follow in the same footsteps. So wait, I got to interrupt mm-hmm. you because I, yeah. I got to ask you, what 
when you say uh, the things that are the actions or the inactions, right, mm-hmm. that he made, what are what what would you say? What, what are they? Um, or do, maybe one or one of two, them. Yeah, I think that affected th- you. That affected me and my brothers. Really, was just his his expectations. Um, mm. I think it's great for every parent to have an expectation for their child, but. If you have some kind of expectation, you need to be able to give them guidance on how to achieve that, to Agreed. show them the path, not just to give them a, a blanket statement and to never show them how to do something and then expect for them to get there. I oh, think that's mm-hmm. very difficult in, in the way that you show, I guess, gratitude and also, I guess, discipline for us not being able to achieve those things. Mm-hmm. That's a very, uh, I guess, daunting and very pressure I guess pressure-filled type of expectation that you want us to meet. I I, go, well, I pretty much watched that happen to my brothers my whole entire life. They're both eight years older than twelve years older than me, but at the same time, the things that I knew were going on, even though I was younger and really couldn't comprehend. Once I learned about them, the things that they were going through, my what my father expected from them, whether it's go, to go to Yale, Harvard, and Princeton, yeah. but then to never go there y- yourself and then expect us to somehow get there on that path without any kind of guidance or pointing us in the right direction or showing us how we need to study or putting us in the appropriate programs and expecting us to figure it out. But that's the kind of pressure that he went through as a young man from my grandfather who I never got a chance mm. to meet. So he did what he knew to do. Right. Just just putting extreme amounts of pressure and then expecting that you to figure out how to do that. You know, I kind of do that upon myself now. It's weird how it benefits me now, but I was I was really lucky on, on how you know, <laughs> I think it's pretty ironic. This is awesome, right? I think, it, but I, it's, it's really yeah. it's really ironic how me being at the at the bottom of the totem pole, I got to just watch and survey so much in that regard. So I learned the flaws that my my father made just so I could be comfortable myself, mm. understanding how my family functioned. Because I was lucky enough to go into a lot of different households, a lot of different ethnic households a lot of the people, and I saw the, the family unit function so differently. We were fortunate enough, too, to have a little bit more than the people. You know, we had all the things that people apparently wanted, the American dream, the big house. No dogs, but plenty of cars and plenty of room to run around, but our family unit wasn't whole. Hmm. It was a house, it never was a home, really. So, but I can go into people who barely have anything, but they have a unit. Right. They're tied, they're connected, there's love, there's energy there, and I didn't feel it in my home. It wasn't shown. You know, so that kind of stuff always made me wonder. And those, that kind of stuff, after I learned about it, I wanted to talk to my family, my brothers. Mm-hmm. That was a daunting task because we weren't really close until we both were older. You know, now me and my brother are really close. I was talking to him, you know, when Jade came through to the crib before we came up here today, yeah. you know, intensely about some of the things that I'm trying to do and that he wants me to help him with. When he used to not support me at all and say my ideas were trash and that I was wasting my time, mm-hmm. you know. But I just think it's really important to really, you know, speak your truth, connect with people and get to the bottom of things just so that we can learn and then make sure that we don't do the same thing with other people that we love, whether they're family or friends or whoever they are in our lives, you know, because we're here to, to benefit one another. We can't benefit one another if we don't understand ourselves and our, why our relationships are the way that they are. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing that I'm about. Um, personal healing, the same thing that Jay talking about, writing, reading. For me, it's really driving. I love to drive. Oh, wow. I love to be behind the wheel um, and just... And road trips, huh? Yeah, yeah road trips. Really I'm, I'm big upon that. Um, That's crazy because I freaking hate driving. Right, though? <laughs> That's all I was telling so, him. <laughs> you know, but stuff like that. I'm really That's big awesome. about getting down. 
to what what can better me, you know, and make sure that I stay whole, you know, mm. just because through the people that we've been blessed to interact with um, and meet within their classrooms, whether it be Takima Maasa, Starla Lewis, uh, Teresa Ford, a lot of our professors and their colleagues or their friends that they've introduced us to. The one thing that we're, we're blessed to see is the friendships that they've had. Mm. Because that they've been honest with one another, they don't treat themselves like friends. They treat themselves like family. You know, they were fortunate to be born into a generation where they really were able to bond and build a sense of community. I think it's hard for people in our generation to do that now. And that's kind of the one, the big things we're trying to do with our company. Mm. There's there's a company, but then there's a culture. Yeah, there's a culture. That's built around it too. And it's about healing and supporting and blessing one another with another's presence. You know, I think that's the main thing that can help us impact ourselves on a smaller scale personally but also on a collective scale, you know, in a bigger kind of situation. Of Picture. Man, those are wise words, man. Mm -hmm. Wise, wise words. Um, I, I think that's great. And I think where the more we can do that and have people in leadership positions like, you know, like you and like you, where we're creating that, I think over time it can become a norm. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was growing up in, like I told you guys, I went to high school in Nigeria. Yeah. And the, one of the biggest things, the differences I see between living there and here is, is the concept of community. Mm -hmm. um, and they still got it there. I mean, who yeah. knows how long that'll last, but all I'm saying is, you know, you go to the village, for example, like the village is where, let's just, for example, everybody goes back. You, you know, you're in the city most of the year, but mm -hmm. when it's holidays, everyone comes back. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a thing. And and I just remember in New Year's, you know, I'd walk around in the village and all the houses there. I can go in. Um, I Nigeria is interesting, so I don't know much about it now, but <laughs> but I could go in there and then, you know, they have a plate, mm -hmm. you know, plate of, you know, some food. Wow. And I'm eating and I was like, oh, wait, so I could just go over there, too. So I was like, oh, hey, y'all, say guys. I was like, yeah, yeah, you have a plate, you know. But that power of community, where you know, it, where it, where they say it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that power community has a, definitely this power to it. So mm -hmm. it's, I think that that's that's really key. And what you just said about. Um, having uncomfortable conversations mm. you, you got it and, and for those who are listening and watching like that's so key i think someone said this i don't remember who but there was a quote that said you know your success is greatly tied to the amount of uncom uncomfortable conversations mm -hmm. you're willing to have mm -hmm. on a daily basis because <laughs> that that is what holds us back you know yeah. like right no definitely like and I'm thinking a lot about what you just said and what you mm -hmm. just said, right? Um, but I think it's even let's have a conversation about that's not entirely true that we don't have that community in the black that's within true. the yeah, black yeah, community. Because yeah. like, you know what I think when you said, oh, um, uh, you have they had a plate for you, right? When you go there, what about like the extended family when you go over to your friend's house who's black and their mama is like, oh, and you want something to that's eat? That's true. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You you're know, right. And, you, right. and you have that, and it's the same thing. And I think as we as black people, we really have to go back to the past, right? Sankofa, yeah. go back to the past and learn mm -hmm. from that, so we can move on for our future, right? But realize like a lot of things are really like we've been doing this for years. You know, it's in our genes, right? And then the fact of the uncomfortable conversations, man. I mean. 
it's like having that com- uncomfortable conversation with your family, you know, your parents. Um, I'm sure they, they don't want to do that with you. You don't no. want to do it with them. I don't, I don't, the I don't resistance is strong. You know, <laughs> I don't, don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this. But it's it goes. It's like everything is so connected because it's like even what he was saying. Because I think you made me think about my dad. My dad's the same way. Mm-hmm. But my aunt, thank God, who's like really close to my dad, right? She tells me, she's like, your dad is only doing what he knows from yeah, his that's father. It. That's right. So they can only do mm-hmm. so much of what they know. But until you say like, here, let's have an uncomfortable conversation. This does not work for me. <laughs> it's not working for you. It's not working for us and our relationship. Let's learn something new together. Wow. You know, like seriously, like, and I had to do that with my dad. I was like, dad, look, I don't like when you yell at me. Like, you know, like you can't mm. do, I don't receive things that way. You know, you have to tell people, it's like, you got to tell people how to treat you. Like right. what Miss Lewis always right. tells us, right? And I think that it's just like, like I said, we get comfortable. We get comfortable and it, we need to be uncomfortable. Yeah. For real. Yeah, man. For real, for real. It's so important. Mm-hmm. So key. Yeah. I, I even had to go through that with uh, my dad and my mom as well. My dad definitely was one to help any way he could with providing resources mm-hmm. for the yeah. expectation he had. And I wouldn't say, I know what you're talking about because mm-hmm. I think my dad was smart in a way where he um, he just, he was very tactful with his words. And he, mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of parents, what they do, especially in Nigerian culture too, a lot of parents, <laughs> they'll just do, they'll just make the demands yeah. right, um, and not really provide anything, like you said, um, my dad, but my dad went out of his way as much as he could mm-hmm. to maybe bring people into the into the mix, mm-hmm. into the conversation, to support me. Mm-hmm. If he didn't know, he could at least try mm-hmm. to find somebody who could lead me in the right direction or ask around or something, you know. And that's, but I did have to have a comf- uncomfortable conversation because there was a point in time for me where it held me back in business mm-hmm. because I there's something my dad did out of love for me. He did it out of love for me, mm-hmm. but I took it personally. Mm-hmm. I took it a certain way, right? And I was in Nigeria at a bus stop. And at the bus stop, um, he he calls me because I, 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 he did give me a cell phone. And I had taken my SATs in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, so I, I, take my, I took my SATs. But on the majors mm-hmm. there, I put engineering because I was really good. I'm still really good at math and physics. Like mm-hmm. those are my like strengths. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm also good at biology and all that stuff. But like what I have fun with is physics, math, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote I wrote engineering and I wrote like, you know, majors where they ask you for your three majors. Mm-hmm. So I wrote that stuff. And so he, I think he got it in the mail. <laughs> he called me. He called me. So we had a conversation. But what he did is he persuaded me to take the healthcare medicine route mm-hmm. because he was afraid. He just wanted to put his son in the best position. That's all. Right. That's all he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I took it as, well, mm-hmm. I guess my opinion doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that mm-hmm. that's just, I guess, whatever. Okay, dad, like whatever you want, you know. And what I realized is later on down the road, I became a yes man. Uh, I became a yes mm-hmm. man to especially people who I consider authority, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. my dad, right? Mm-hmm. So people that I look up to, I I've become yes man. It's like I wouldn't speak up for myself. I wouldn't stand up for myself or the things that I think are important to me. Right. And that affected me a lot, man. Like it, even in business, if I, I need to make a, a decision and I have a group of people, it's like I'm like, oh, what, what do y'all think? And mm-hmm. if you're a leader and yeah. you're leading a group, mm-hmm. you can't sit here and be like, you can be what do y'all think, but you need to make a decision. Yeah. Right. Right. 
And I, yeah, I had an inability to make decisions that I could trust myself to make decisions. Mm. But it wasn't until I called my dad and had that conversation that it came to my awareness. And it, out of nowhere, y'all, like tears flowing down my feet. Mm. My dad was like, are you okay? Like, what's, right. <laughs> what's yeah. wrong? He's like, dad, just don't worry about it. Just know <laughs> I love you. You know, it's been great. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. It's just, I share the story because of that. It's. Mm-hmm. Right. When you when you have those conversations, it opens up your life in new ways. Mm-hmm. You release a lot of pent up tension. You know, I think uh, we'll always be quoting uh, Miss Lewis because yeah. she's she's like my grandmother never had. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, but but when when people cry, you know, whether they're sobbing or they're you know they're wailing, they're releasing something deep within themselves yeah. that's been pent up. That vibration when it comes out. It's very releasing. So you feel a lot calmer, you feel a lot better. I've had moments through my business shoot. I I catch myself crying, thinking about a lot of stuff. Yeah. How blessed I am to be in this position, you know, me finally taking that uh that opportunity and all the these the years of time being spent, I'm seeing it finally pay off. And I wondered for the longest time whether it's gonna pay off or not. People I used to work with in the past that have passed away. You know, the, the last things I ever said to them was that, yo, I'm going to be ready so we can come back and do this. Hmm. Stuff like that, you know, and for me to wonder, because of the blessings that I'm seeing in front of myself now, I wonder if these people are looking down, hmm. whether it be family that's passed away to believe in my idea when the rest of the family didn't, whether, you know, my friend at that point in time, everything that he gave me, you know, his time, his energy and his true belief, because I saw him making changes and strides and the environments that we were in and things that they're doing. That stuff means everything to me. So, you know, I got to look up and kind of wonder if he's looking out for me up there for some of the stuff that I'm doing. I think that that's the most healing thing that we can do is just to release. It doesn't matter if we're crying, if we're, you know, kind of just expressing ourselves. You know, our collective friend, uh, Ronald Williams, with his company, he always says, you know, the motto of, of black expression expresses, if you feel it, express it, you know, release it, get it out. I think it's the most important thing for anybody to do, you know. Yeah, man. This is a really good conversation. <laughs> this is really good, man. This yeah. is really good. It's kind of stuff we talk about like at mm-hmm. school with All our the professors. Time. Like literally with our professors, like, but they get deeper. Like they right. get way deeper. And right, it's just right. like, oh my God, I gotta think about this now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but you take this into your other relationships. Like, because it's I think it, it we don't realize what our family gives us with your parent, right? With your dad, right? You take that into your other relationships. So, and you realize, oh my God, it's affecting this relationship. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, like, I don't want to. Either it be uh, your work relationships, your romantic relationships, your friendships. I always say that the world revolves around the relationships that we have. With I agree. Each other. Right. Quality of life is, yeah. Like literally, Quality you know. Your so it's like we, I feel like we, if there's a need, mm-hmm. we have to change that. Even if it's definitely, if it's unhealthy, if it's unhealthy, sure. we have to just change that for ourselves and other people. So, yeah, it's great. So we just talked about um, some of the things to do in sharing you guys' stories. We just mm-hmm. kind of gave light on the ways to go about healing and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, usually and usually healing deals with a relationship in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I want to I want you to talk about some the, the sacrifice mm-hmm. that you made. Um, going because we, we, I definitely want to go back to it right before we close. Okay. The sacrifice you made and the, the, the risk you took mm-hmm. to get to where you're at today. Yeah. Man, um, sacrifice. 
it's probably one of my most favorite words, I, honestly, at this point in time of my life, because sacrificing is just, to me, spending time wisely, understanding that what I'm doing has value way beyond myself. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's trying to make money, you know, now, I, I don't I don't even do that for myself anymore. I do it with thinking about all oh, the dollars that I'm making, how can I spend them to help us get a couple inches closer to where we're trying to get in one initiative as a collective. You know, that's my reality I have to deal with on the daily. So I'm cool with working a 60 hour week, you know, consecutively for weeks, being on the phone, talking to people, tapping in with supporters, mm-hmm. you know, the team from behind the wheel and doing that. Cause be, driving for me is therapeutic. I get to listen to music. I, I do Lyft and Uber and stuff okay. like that. Um, so I get to meet people all day, but little things like that sacrificing is just you making the appropriate exchange with the world, you know, to get what you want. I believe that everything that everyone's ever wanted before in their life, they already have it. You just got to prove to the world that you deserve it, Hmm. you know? So to do that, you got to sacrifice. You got to show everyone else around you or your environment what you're willing to risk to get that supposed reward that you believe is that you deserve. Hmm. So sacrifice you know, I think we look at it from a religious, biblical terms. We look at it from all these different perspectives, yeah. but sacrifice is just an exchange of energy with the world, with the environment that which you live in. You know, one of my mentors, um, she tells me all the time that she's never busy. You know, she's very fortunate. She ma- she makes four thousand dollars a day. You know, and she can spend two to three hours with me, just talking and giving me wisdom and guidance and game. But she always says that she's never busy because she has time that she can spend appropriately you know she's she's never busy she's occupied that's the way the way she looks you know it's very very uh mr wonderful like you know from uh you know shark tank but like that's that's kind of my perspectives things that i've learned interacting with different people um so sacrifice i guess my biggest sacrifice i made was leaving more house you know that was my one of my first goals that i achieved in my life when I was in eighth grade, I was blessed to go to the tour to Atlanta, to go see the campus. You know, I learned that MLK went there. I learned that Spike Lee went there. All these great men that have impacted the world, Samuel L. Jackson, you know, on a public stage, but also gave me a positive image of a black man to look towards. Wow. So I was like, oh, something's going on down there. Some some kind of energy is going on. I learned about the Morehouse mystique and I wanted to be, I wanted to feel that and go through that experience. So I got there and I realized that I didn't want to get a degree and go work for somebody else. I want to work for myself. Mm. And I wanted, I, and I was wondering whether or not I wanted to waste any time, you know, here doing that. I don't mean waste in a disrespectful manner, but I just was looking at it from the perspective of, I know that I can be putting my efforts towards something else now. I'm also making an investment, you know, that I'm going to have to pay back in regards to tuition. Why don't I just go put that funding if I can get a loan or some support mm-hmm. into my initiative, into my idea, you know? So I had to come up with that kind of decision because that was the biggest decision I was gonna be making again. And I didn't know where that one could go, whether it's gonna pay off for me or not. So leaving there, coming back to San Diego um, and not knowing what was gonna be there for me was the biggest risk I ever took, but it's the best decision I've made in my life. Right. Right. Um, from the people that I've met and the people that wanna support what I'm doing, you know, but it was nerve wracking and it didn't look like it was ever going to pay off <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever for sure. at least a good two, three years. So. Right. Right. Absolutely, yeah. man. No, this has been great. This has been great. Um, 
Dang, man. Sac- I love how you say exchange of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exchange of energy. Um, okay, so um, in closing, I'm going to mm-hmm. ask each of you a question. And then, and then we'll ask where to find you guys and then sure. we'll say farewell for now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what is it that you, if you had a billboard, if there's a billboard where, you know, it would be seen by billions of people, Mm-hmm. And what would you have to be said to be put on the billboard? Mm-hmm. A message. Don't let the words of others drown out your inner voice. I'm, I'm really big upon dogma, living with the results of other people's thinking. Um, so. In a world now where we have social media, where we get messages all the time, who, who knows how many we get on a daily basis, you know, in a physical and a virtual perspective, I would tell or want people to, to remember at the end of the day, your thoughts are your own. Your mindset is the most important thing that you have. So don't deny your genius. Resist things that you feel like shouldn't be in the frontal, you know, part of your mind. Always keep in mind the things that you are most passionate about, because those are the things that fuel you and really what you're here to do. You know, awesome man. It's a wise word, man. This okay. Appreciate it. All right, young lady, what about you? Oh, and me. The first thing that came to my mind was speak your truth. Um, I wholeheartedly believe in that. Even. For myself, I've had to speak my truth, even if that truth was like ugly, you know, or even if that truth doesn't sound right for other people, mm-hmm. you know, um, speak your truth, right? I think we've been talking about that this whole conversation, yeah. just truth, um, because it's like going back, like the truth will set you free, literally. You know, I, I remember first hearing that I didn't, when I was younger, I didn't, what does that mean? Like the truth will set you free, you know? But actually living that, it's like, wow, Mm -hmm. it really does, you know, free Mm -hmm. spiritually, mentally, you know, physically, whatever that may be, it it will set you free and whatever that is holding you back, you know, living in this world, like Miss Lewis says, you know, we're just (laughs) a spirit, a soul in a human body, living the human experience. You know, and like that's some deep stuff. I mean, that's, you know, that's some Afrocentric thinking right there. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, your spirit, right? Um, so for me, to just speak your truth, literally. Good, that's it. Good, good. Mm-hmm. All right, well said, well said. So, how do we find you both online? Online, <laughs> man, uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is usual Vince. U-S-U-A-L underscore V-Y-N-C-E um, on Facebook. Vincent Devon, V-Y-N-C-E-N-C. Devon is D-E apostrophe V-A-U-G-H-N. Um, the company that we're both a part of, right. us. The website is www.usson.earth. Okay. Yeah. Dot earth. Dot earth. Us on earth. Dot Earth. Oh wow! I yeah. didn't. I didn't even know that was a, a I thing. Think, yeah. Dot Earth. Wow. Yeah. Right. You chose Dot Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well played. Yeah, well played. dope, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Uh, okay. What about me you? Me on Instagram. Oh, my names. So. Because <laughs> <laughs> my Instagram name is so long. So my Instagram name is Never Gonna Leave This Bed. 
if any of you guys are Maroon <laughs> 5 fans, it's a Maroon 5 song. Never going to lose that. I mean, you a long explain, time ago. She had to explain the interview. <laughs> she knew. She knew. Yeah, but just look Jade, Jade Robinson. Never going to lose that. And then Twitter, because I'm on Twitter, uh, it's You Kill Me XO. XO is both capitalized. It's a Beyonce. It's from Beyonce's song. You have to explain that one too. Oh my God. This um, is great. I, I'm not currently on Facebook, but yeah, that's where you guys that's can fine. find me. Yeah, and I so for every episode, we always do show notes. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. the web page, it'll the people just click it, you mm-hmm. know, and okay. be able to reach out to you. Um, but guys, thank you, mm-hmm. like thank you for no, blessing, thank you. blessing us here, and because we definitely have folks who watch it and they give feedback, which is mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate that we I have an audience here that people actually give feedback on what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So just know that. Through you guys' story, your lives, um, and the, the hours, you know, the, the well, the hours you spent driving up here, mm-hmm. driving back, and then the hours you spending sitting with me. Like, I, I really appreciate it. you guys have done a lot. We appreciate, no, we appreciate it. it. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, appreciate it man. once again. All right, guys, it's been a pleasure getting on the episode with these guys. Um, they, uh, I, I wish them best of success. Like, they're they're really on a really great path. So, I want to know what you guys thought about this episode. Okay, make sure you go to thinkalpha.net forward slash zero two five and that's where you can see the show notes where to reach them even the links to their website and everything that they're doing okay as you guys know also drop me a comment on my instagram val at wudo and make sure uh, show some love let's keep this going and if you guys have any other suggestions ideas to keep this going keep this better of course i'm all for it any other questions you'd like for me to answer in general I am all for it once again. So you guys know what time it is. Get up, make something happen. I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.